Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. We are going to be continuing talking about Kindred today with Candace. Hi! I, okay, I don't even know what to say. These chapters are huge. Like, like a lot happens. A ton. And I kind of love it. But also, a lot's going on. So much is happening. (laughs) Arguably too much for Dana. I know. I (laughs) just... Can Dana just get like a nap, like a good solid nap? A single one. Single one, please. <laughs> I also, okay, what would be in your go bag if you were getting transported back? Because it, for me, it would be a lot of snacks. So I, I, I don't know. I'd be so conflicted because part of me would be like, well, I don't want to like spook the horses and freak people out mm-hmm. by bringing all of these modern wares yeah the past so like no ziploc sammy bags no you know magazines no ipods or phones of any kind like i don't even i actually thought about that i was like what what would be worthwhile Mm -hmm. you can't bring a book which is my go-to i don't know book can't have a book yeah um i guess i would definitely bring a like pencil and paper yeah um maybe my glass dip pen since that looks sort of old-fashioned i guess kind of um and long dresses that i yeah. don't own <laughs> i literally I, i'm glad i live next to goodwill i guess because i'd be yeah. making a stop over there oh my god can you imagine if you disappeared at goodwill <laughs> could you imagine if you reappeared and it's like f- closing hours oh god no. uh, that sounds like some five nights at freddy's stuff yeah. i'm not into it no i'm also not into it okay mm. i would make daniel go to goodwill for me there you go and uh, and you certainly wouldn't drag him back to the past with you. No, definitely not. I would literally push him away from me. Like, wrestle away from him, jump, lock myself in the bathroom, and then go. Yeah, definitely. Sorry he loses access to the bathroom for, like, five minutes while I'm gone for two days or whatever. Oh, well. But I would have a lot of, like, those Nutri-Grain strawberry mm-hmm. things because I would not want to eat anything that could give me like salmonella no just the idea of uh of the of the flies situation yeah outside bums me out is that malaria malaria is that yeah you well you can get you can get malaria i think from flies and from Mm -hmm. mosquitoes but like flies yeah like are attracted to poop and people don't realize it but they Mm -hmm. have little like feet they have little feet and hands so they like are all over the poo and then they go all over your dish and now your dish has poo in it because of this fly. Disgusting. And they lay their eggs and stuff too all the time, willy-nilly, wherever they want. So all for all of those reasons and no refrigerators, the whole thing sounds like a disaster. Yeah. I'd also want a mosquito net. Some off-skintastic spray. Yeah. Lots of bug <laughs> spray. Wasp Deodorant. spray that I would be spraying at men that get too close to me right yep. in the eyeballs. Yep. Uh, all of that. All of that. Yeah. You'd need like a gigantic suitcase. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have one of those like hiking backpacks. Mm-hmm. You know, with the wasp spray like right in the side pocket so I could yeah. easily like bend it's grab spray. Yeah. Yeah. Leg holster <laughs> of wasp spray. Yep. To be honest. That sounds smart to me. Right? Yeah. I don't see any wrong happening. No. That just horrifies me. This entire idea horrifies me. Yeah. Lots of anxiety. I had a dream the other night that I was thrown back into time and I didn't remember what happened. 
because I think I got immediately terrified. <laughs> but because I've been reading this book, I had like a crazy dream. It was really scary from what I remember. That's terrifying. Yeah. I recently had a dream that I went for a run. Don't know why. Woke up and I was like, huh. Weird. <laughs> Dear reader, if you're out there listening, please do not be deterred from reading this book because I had a weird dream. I have weird dreams about all kinds of stuff. So please still read the book because it's excellent. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. It will be one of those that you might have to like take breaks throughout though because oof. Yeah. Big Definitely oof. take some breaks. Bring some uh, tissues mm-hmm. and some kind of... Uh, if you have a cat or a dog near you to mm-hmm. pet for emotional support, I recommend that. Yeah. And get like your favorite reading snack. Mine mm-hmm. is... I like like dried cereal as my reading snack Ooh, me too especially yeah. life i haven't had life actually oh my gosh it's so good i usually do a lot of like uh frosted flakes mm, also good honeycomb as well very mm. good dried snack i yeah i like the uh what are those called cheerios too mm-hmm. very good very good my not so hand clean reading snack that i also like is popcorn with chocolate chips popcorn and chocolate chips mm-hmm. have you ever had that i've never heard of such things <sighs> i've heard of people putting m&ms though i think that's probably same vibe enough. Yeah. same vibe the chocolate chips usually get a little melty though it's very yeah. good okay i need you to pick a location my dude she's having a great time climbing you like you're <laughs> yeah. a mountain i think we trimmed her nails recently like, she's not able to hold on at all. she can't get a grip <laughs> she's probably still mad Getting back into the book, back into the reading, back into our chapter. So at this point, it's been eight days uh, for her to get sent back in time again. She got, I guess, the only way I could call it is like a little vacation from the antebellum Mm -hmm. south, I guess. Like just enough where her guard was probably starting to like get down. And then she's like, oh, back up. Okay. So that's like one of my biggest issues too, Mm -hmm. is like she she comes back, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, walk in. She's like, oh, I gotta, you know, I gotta, like, she's, well, no, sorry. So she comes back and, like, she sees everything. But, like, after that first part that we're about to talk mm-hmm. about, sorry, if you need to cut this. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Um, but, like, when she, when Dana's talking about um, how she's, like, walking back, like, when she sees Rufus mm-hmm. fighting or whatever, right? And she goes to get help. Mm-hmm. And she's walking up toward the house. And she's like, yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm walking home. And I was like, ooh, eh, 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 eh. nope, <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Stockholm. But it's like the other place no. isn't her home. She just moved in there. She hasn't even unpacked yeah. yet. Like, yeah. I no wonder that that other place feels like home. Like she's been able to spend like two months there at this point. You know, like that's brutal. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, though. I feel like that's a larger metaphor for who she is and what she, what's going yeah. on with her, right? So like she doesn't have a place of her own. Yeah. Like she has no place of her own. Like she doesn't belong anywhere. Uh, she's like oh i got i got home and i felt like i belonged there but then she goes back and she's like i kind of feel like i belong here yeah and it's like you can't have both man you need to find a place of your own like none of this belongs to you move out break up with kevin get a cute little apartment oh my god please for the love of god so dana didn't immediately recognize rufus though when she gets sucked back in time she referred to him as a white man which Mm -hmm. i thought was really interesting because it just kind yeah. of shows how much time has passed. Because he was like yeah, still sure. a child-ish last time she was there. And now he's yep. an adult. So mm-hmm. this is like, in my head, we're thinking at least like five, six years have passed, right? Yep. 
So exactly. there you go. Uh, but mm-hmm. Kevin is fighting a black man and losing. And I was like, or not Kevin. Wow. Rufus. Rufus. That mm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus is fighting a black man and losing. Yes. Uh so then uh, you know, turns out the black man is a husband of a black woman who has a torn dress. And I'm like, this is not looking good at all. Mm. And this moment cemented my feelings for Rufus. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's a good little kid. Like he's you know, and it's like baby Hitler was still chance. like a Hitler eventually. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So turns out the woman is Alice. Um, and she tells, you know, Rufus also is like knocked unconscious at this point. Um, mm-hmm. so she tells uh Dana and's like, Yeah, so Rufus wanted to be with me more than I wanted to be with him. Um mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great. My worst fear has been realized in this moment. Yep. So um, Dana's like, basically, we can get from the context clues that Rufus kind of tried to uh, rape Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, if he didn't succeed, we're not sure. Right. And so Dana's like, listen, you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um but as Alice is leaving with Dana, or sorry, as Alice is leaving with her husband, she turns to Dana and says, just so you know, Kevin's gone north looking for work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, of course you did, Kevin, because you can't wait for your wife. Like, are you an, a moron? Like, I don't understand. Can you not? I don't understand. Right? I was like, <laughs> you can so easily find work or something. Anywhere. anywhere anywhere like we find out later in this chapter there's a whole ass other farm in between the waylands and where they where she finds mm-hmm. rufus like you couldn't have found work anywhere man also like there's no town yeah. you could have ridden into she's literally like he's educated he could be someone's tutor or something yeah you know yeah like run a schoolhouse in town anything, anything. like it's probably mm-hmm. so easy to find a job for an educated white man like i yep and also there wasn't anything closer than like the couple towns over right that he need to go like i think she said he was in like virginia or something yeah he was he was far yeah. like he was pretty far like she said that oh yeah he went north and he's not around yeah he's like states away mm-hmm. in a, a time where there's no actual great way to travel yeah so um yeah so then rufus wakes up after alice and her husband leave and they're gonna try and like live free you know Mm-hmm. Um, Rufus is like, "Oh, I'm super happy you came back," um, but he wants to make Alice's husband pay, right? And I'm like, "He's obsessed." Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting to see that he still maintains his respect mm-hmm. for her, for Dana. Yeah. Um, he's happy to see her. It's clear he still holds affection, mm-hmm. but his rage at being, you know, taken advantage of feeling taken advantage mm-hmm. of by Alice, which like clearly she was just trying to leave him alone. Yeah. She was not taking advantage. And her husband Isaac, right? Like, ma- you know, making a fool out of mm-hmm. him. Like he's he's hell-bent on getting that justice. Um, yeah. And that was something that like really... <laughs> I was very surprised by that. I know. That he would still be so like vehement because you know, he grows up and like in the previous time when she sees him, like you think that he's learned his lesson, like especially with like the way that his mom mm-hmm. treats Dana, right? When she's around in the previous episode, like of, of her, you know, of her arriving, like 
he realizes that like Dana isn't anyone's property and that people mm-hmm. shouldn't necessarily be property. And like he accepts that that's the way things are, mm-hmm. but recognizes like I'm friends with Alice. I'm friends with Nigel. Like he he talks about the people that, you know, that matter to him, you know, how you know Aunt Sarah cares about him. Like he he clearly understands that this shouldn't be the status quo, mm-hmm. but like seems unwilling, unwilling, unwillingly accepting of it. Mm-hmm. Right. But now you see how he's like talking about how he owns this free woman. Mm-hmm. Alice is free. She was born free. And he's like, she better be with me. Like, what makes you think you have any kind of entitlement? Like, it wouldn't be better if, if, if the woman were, were his slave, mm-hmm. right? It would be just as gross and disgusting. But like, by law, I could at least kind of understand what he's saying, despite not agreeing with it and thinking it's abhorrent and absolutely revolting, yeah. right? But like, this is a free woman. Mm-hmm. So even the fact that she's free isn't enough. Like, he sees her and thinks he can put upon her because she's black. Like, period. I just had a worse thought, too. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing some similarities from the way that Kevin chased Dana and uh, the fact that Kevin was alone with him for probably at least five years. I can almost guarantee that Kevin has a hand in the way he treats Alice. I I completely agree with yeah. you. Even if it's just because because he knows and Alice knows mm-hmm. that Kevin is Dana's husband. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking to Alice, when she's standing there, Alice is, Alice admits that. She's like, oh, he used to talk about you all the time mm-hmm. and your husband mm-hmm. and Kevin, right? Talking about how you guys were married and it was okay. Yeah. And like in his own like in his own like fucked up, spoiled, privileged mm-hmm. way, he's trying to get through this can work. I've seen it work, yeah. right? But like he doesn't respect her mm-hmm. at all. And like Kevin respects Dana bare minimum, mm-hmm. right? Bare minimum. But, like, he at least respects her enough to, like, understand that she's talented. Under- see- you see her potential. Mm-hmm. You know, live with her, you know, in his mind as equals. Even though they're not yeah. equals or he would never ask her to do his typing and shit, mm-hmm. right? His menial labor. Um, and I think that, like, I absolutely agree with you. I think that, like, Rufus, as a kid, right? Those are formative years he spent with him. I think he looked at that and was like, oh, okay, so I can have anybody I want. Mm-hmm. And she'd be lucky to be with me. Like, Dana is lucky to have Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, that's essentially what he goes and then says to Alice and Alice is like, get out of here. We're just friends. Yeah. You're lucky we're friends at all. There's somebody I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And instead of just being like, oh, okay, I get it. He's like, you have no right to turn me down. I'm a white man. Yeah. Yep. Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. So <laughs> Rufus also says that he would have married Alice if they were in Dana's time. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Yep. Um, as though her feelings would change if it were legal. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Does it make you like more of a prince, you think, if it's legal, sir? I don't think so. I don't know. Because it's like, it's obvious well, at this point that she has no feelings for Rufus at all. This is a very one-sided yeah. interest. Other than disgust. Yeah. And it's a shame because she she was his friend. Yeah. The last time Dana was there, they were friends. But he's ruined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dana makes Rufus promise that... Uh, a white man attacked him so that Alice and her husband can at least start getting away. Um, Rufus does not like this idea, but like Dana literally basically was like, I will let you rot on this floor. Uh, No one's going to find you. You're in the middle of the woods. I will let you rot here unless you agree to this, which like, I love that for Dana. I like that. She was like, I'm still going to try and protect everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
finally after like way too long she gets rufus to agree to this um way too way long. too long so much convincing it takes literally and i i will say i i i think it's interesting that like he's still again he still respects her despite the fact that all this time mm-hmm. has passed and he's become a different person but how hard it is and how long it takes for her to convince him mm-hmm. immediately was a red flag for me yeah i was like he's not who you think he is oh man. yeah i was like i don't trust before him. he would just shut the fuck up and hear her yeah right? but he he's lived five years as a grown man mm-hmm. a grown white man right who we come to find out later has one slave that he owns yeah so like he's he he feels like he's set he doesn't have a need Mm -hmm. you know to be reined in at all no it's oh my god i hate rufus after this chapter yeah for sure so uh we get there nigel and carrie recognize dana which i was very excited about because um we love them they're delightful and they're married and expecting a baby Mm -hmm. very exciting uh so tom lets her stay as long as she works uh, but he does not know what Dana is and does not really trust her now because she literally disappeared in front of his eyeballs. Correct. So Sarah came in to say hi to Dana and check in on Rufus and tells Dana that uh, Margaret is not there anymore. Uh, really mm-hmm. spilling the tea out, uh, which is very cool. <laughs> um, so we kind of find out that Margaret is gone because of the fact that like she's having these two babies or she had two babies and they both died. Mm -hmm. And then she like went off the deep end, I guess. And uh, then went to go live with her sister. Yeah. And it made everybody crazy. And then in exchange, they get this overseer, her brother. Yeah. Who sucks. Who's awful. Oh yeah. Yeah. So also Dana gives Rufus some aspirin, which is kind of fun. It's generous. Yeah. I was like ration that aspirin, Dana. Like, what I love, though, is that she's like, I have a big ass bottle of aspirin, so I might as well give him to you. Yeah. I was like, that's the right way to mm-hmm, put it. Mm-hmm. That's it right there. If you had a little ass bottle of aspirin, I would hope that you wouldn't have given oh, him. Oh, I would not give him a single ounce. I'd be like, <laughs> suffer, buddy. I'd be honestly like, everybody that was also like enslaved, I'd be like, hey, just like take this. Here you go. Mm, seriously. So, uh, uh, Rufus seems to be doing a lot better the next morning, and then he shares his breakfast with Dana, which is really weird for me. So it wasn't weird for me because they have such a close relationship mm-hmm. from when he was a kid, yeah. and I feel like him sharing his breakfast with her is like him being like, "See, we're cool, like we're mm-hmm. good, and like we've got we've got a vibe." Like him acknowledging their relationship, yeah. um, especially because when she tells Sarah, "Oh no, I already ate." Mm-hmm. she like rolls her eyes and is like well i put enough on the plate so like i put enough yeah. on the tray you know for for him to share with you i guess like she had her own plate of food downstairs waiting for her because no one thought that he was going to be generous yeah and i think that like the the, the 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 people that are under him and his dad's watch right his and his dad's watch like they know how he's soft with mm-hmm. dana like they remember that he's soft with dana but they still warn her yeah i think it was weird just because of the night's events you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was weird that that was the first time they've ever like sat and shared a breakfast together right yep. after like moments after he was on the brink of death yep it's weird yep it's super weird yeah and like i like i also found it interesting that like they like tom whalen for example right mm-hmm. um he knows that dana is different mm-hmm. because he's spoken to rufus he's spoken to 
uh, Kevin, right? He knows that Dana is different and he allows her to be, Mm -hmm. right? Despite brutalizing her for being different, for being smart and educated. Mm -hmm. This time he's like, you're permitted to take care of his cuts and his bruises. But like he, he seems indifferent to whether or not his son like lived or died because yeah. he's like what are you even doing here and she's like i just saved your son's life and he's like what i should be grateful trash bag. and she's like i mean it's your kids so yeah literally i would think so what a trash bag <laughs> and you're just like you're like man like i don't really have any sympathy for your son because he's awful mm-hmm. um but he's seemingly not as terrible as you yeah so i slightly <laughs> dialed down right like mm-hmm. um and then also rufus was like hey how are you not appearing to age? And she kind of explains like the time on her side, um, mm-hmm. which is fun. But then the doctor comes in and starts immediately like talking down to Dana, which is the yep. weirdest thing. Like, have you ever been in a room where that happened? Like, probably. I feel like we yeah. all have. But like, I mm-hmm. was so infuriated because I was just thinking about every time this has ever happened to me where like mm-hmm. someone talks about me in a room while I'm there. I was just like yeah. in a rage. I was not. I hated because it's like we haven't seen that in the book yet. People always address Dana, right? Until that doctor was like, "Oh, is she?" Because educated? he doesn't know anything about. I know her. he just looked at her and is like, "Oh, a black person, a yeah. slave, obviously." Like he doesn't even consider that. Like she's done it. Like he he arrives and and Rufus has been bandaged, mm-hmm. right? Better than he's capable of bandaging mm-hmm. him. And he asks a bunch of questions about how she knows that his fever is gone and all this stuff. Comments on how surprisingly smart she is. Yeah. Like, it is 2021. 2021, our mm-hmm. time. I can't tell you how many times people have been surprised that I'm smart. It happens literally all the time. I was in a meeting just the other day. Mm-hmm. And somebody tried to be like, they, they looked at how young I look, even though I'm not as young as I appear, mm-hmm. right? And they were basically like, oh, well, you know, you don't really like, you don't really like, you're not really that experienced. You don't really know as much as me because like I've been in this industry a long time. And it was a man, yeah. right? And it, and and I, I didn't want to like be rude or anything like that because like I'm working, you know, with this person and I don't want to, you know, be awful. But I absolutely said something to people that were in charge after because I was really shocked. Yeah. I was like, how can you just kind of like cast aside any knowledge or intellect that somebody has and instead just kind of like open an umbrella of stereotype and be like you don't fit under this this is wild you know what i'm saying yeah. like you you either exceed or or you know do not meet my expectations for someone of your race or gender mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like how can you be so reductive but it still totally happens and it's awful. my favorite thing recently is because people assume a lot because i work as a waitress that i'm uneducated Right? Yeah, that you have no other prospects and are not doing that because you just need to be able to feed yourself. Yeah, my favorite thing and is telling many them jobs you have. that I uh, am about to graduate with my MBA. And then... Yeah. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet oh, it's really hard. It's I was, beautiful. I was a hostess what? in graduate school, so I know, I feel you. <laughs> it's been fun because I immediately, because people get so uncomfortable, I get tipped better, um, which is always fun for me. Good. Or like the, the change, the like way they talk to me immediately changes you know good like, it, i mean that's also sad though because it's like just like let's say you didn't have the time or the money or the ability to have the loans to go to college yeah. and get your mba but we're absolutely capable mm-hmm. of it it would be like fine for that person to talk to someone like that you see what i'm saying like yeah. that's actually something i have a huge issue with like when celebrities cut up in person like in in public mm-hmm. or whatever 
I never understand why why the public is always like, oh, we should forgive that person for saying that or dropping the N-bomb or saying bad stuff about trans people or whatever. We should forgive. That's not what they meant. People are bending over backward trying to like, like, you know, fucking dream up what they meant. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even though they're celebrities, you're never going to know what they actually meant unless they tell you. You know what I mean? But then like go to like Publix and get mad at some abuela that's like behind the cash register and has been on her feet for 12 hours and is like super put upon all day and doesn't say thank you come again when it's time for you to like ring up your groceries and leave and then you report her to her manager because she was rude to you but it's totally fine for this like multi-millionaire to be as rude as they want yeah literally though (laughs) you know what i mean like we hold people to such a different standard than like we actually should Mm -hmm. you know and i think that like this is like where all of that comes from like that person just looked at her and was like black and a woman and probably a slave i don't need to talk to her (sighs) such a and that and that like that hierarchy like still totally exists, you know, like I used to I used to hostess, you know, in Meisner Park, which is like all rich people, mm-hmm. right? All fancy people uh, that are very hobnobby. And most of the most of my guests were really nice. They were really friendly. They were mm-hmm. sweet. But like the people that were really, really rich, the people that would like pull up at valet with their like Ferrari or whatever, their Porsche or their Rolls Royce or whatever, like they would just walk in and seat themselves. Like they wouldn't even like look at me. It was like, I wasn't even a factor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'd give their order to somebody and not like, look at you, like not look you in the mm-hmm. eye. And then when it would come that, and if, if it was wrong for some reason, or they felt like maybe they had ordered something they didn't actually order, which like was almost never the case. Um, they just fucked up <laughs> themselves. It wasn't the kitchen. It yeah. was like you ordered something complicated and now this is what you get and you don't like it. And that's not our fault. Right. Um, I remember they would make a stink. That was like the only time you get them to look you in the face is if like something bad happened and then they would like rain down like, you know, hellfire and damnation mm-hmm. on you. You know what I mean? And you're like, yo, I make $4 and 50 cents an hour plus tips, man. <laughs> you yep. know, like, please just take a seat, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ma'am, please calm down. You know what I mean? Like, and for someone like you or someone like me, like we can escape. We have somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. But like, what about that person that just doesn't want to have to like, be a lawyer they passed the bar they mm-hmm. went to law school it didn't fucking make them happy mm-hmm. they want to be in hospitality like you're going to treat them like garbage because they want to make people happy at their job like that's yeah. that logic it defies my my understanding i just can't <laughs> we find out also that nigel tried and ran a runaway ranch sorry blah, blah, blah. So we find out that Nigel tried to run away once, uh, did not work out for him. Yep. So I guess Tom was very, very happy that he found, like he decided to be with Carrie because he was going to like try and sell Nigel. Um, mm-hmm. because you know, run away. Uh, and then also Dana brought a history textbook in time with her, which I kind of forgot mm-hmm. about. But uh, yeah, she brought it because it has a map in it. And Rufus is like, hey, you need to throw this away because if my dad finds it, like, it's going to be a problem. Um, But so she tears out the map, throws it away. And Rufus is like, no, you need to throw out the map, too. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is the first, like, red, well, not the first, one of the many red flags I was getting from Rufus. I was like, "Mm." absolutely. Because for the first time, he doesn't prioritize Dana's actual safety. Yeah. He prioritizes her perceived safety. Oh, if someone finds you with that, they're going to feel away. Yeah. Right. Rather than like the other things that he might have said, which was, oh, go around the side door. I know for a fact you're going to be discovered. Mm-hmm. Like before he was giving her actionable advice. Now it's just like, 
oh, this is good for you. Mm-hmm. Well, someone is going to have a problem with that. Yeah. And what he's not saying is that someone who's going to have a problem with it is me. Literally. And it's like, he's yeah. just basically being like, oh, don't look that way. And, you know, he. <sighs> yeah. I don't even know. Like, it's just. He's not even doing a good job of hiding it. That he's trying to, like, keep her around. So I think, though, that part of that is his M.O., honestly. Because if we think about Rufus, the last time she saw Mm -hmm. him, how does he treat his mother? Like, get out of here terribly. Yes, but he also kind of just does what she wants so that she'll go away. Yeah. He, like, tells her what she wants to hear. Mm -hmm. And then when he finally can't take it anymore, then he lashes out, right? That's how he behaves toward his mom. So right now he has Dana, somebody who's kind of like a mother figure or an older Mm -hmm. sister figure to him, right? She's like, oh, well, I have all these means to stay safe and all these means to escape. And I know that you're equally interested in that as I am because you don't want anything bad to happen to me, right? And he's like, of course, but leave that map and put it in the fire, right? And he's saying, like, all this stuff to her. And he keeps trying to bring it back to, well, I'm worried about Mm -hmm. you. What if a white man catches you and and I'm not around Mm -hmm. or whatever? You don't have Kevin anymore, right? He brings up all these, like reasons why you know she needs to be safe and you know isn't being safe and whatever but like he fails to mention the fact that like he's the one who has a problem Mm -hmm. with it and like something something that happens in this in this 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 piece of the chapter too that i really liked what but was also very hard for me so she trusts him right she trusts him implicitly Mm -hmm. he's like oh she's like i'm gonna write a letter do you mind she's at his desk he sees her take out like a clear ballpoint pen is like what the fuck is that that's amazing that's not a quill and Mm -hmm. ink like oh my goodness right so you, you see that he's kind of taking taking her in. Mm-hmm. But part of me is like, are you just cataloging what she's got? Because he rummages through her stuff. She's like, oh, can you pass me something out of my out of my bag? And he goes through. Yeah. Like, he feels fine to just, like, go through her stuff. And, like, if it were anyone else, I'd go, oh, that's a term of endearment, mm-hmm. right? Like, the first time your boyfriend or, or girlfriend or partner, whoever, goes through your bag, like, that's a big mm-hmm. moment, right? Because you trust them enough that, like, if you find all these weird dust bunnies and creepy stuff that I keep in my bag because I'm a weirdo, yeah. that you're going to judge me for that, right? That you're going to judge me for my linty gum Mm -hmm. and stuff rolling around in there but like in this case it kind of gives him ammunition yeah and like as he's kind of like looking through the book or whatever he even calls it out he says this looks like a bunch of abolitionist trash Mm -hmm. and i'm like so you know what abolitionists are okay so then you know that there are people out there who want to abolish slavery like you know that you know that freedom is like around the corner because she's she's like concerned he's gonna see sojourner truth's ain't I a woman speech, right? Or any of the other like amazing, incredible speeches that she delivered, mm-hmm. right? She's a, like, like Dana's like, oh no, he can't see that, mm-hmm. right? He, he can't see the, the history that's coming from yeah. him. He's not going to understand. He's not going to process it, right? And she's correct. He's not going to understand. Mm-hmm. But like, again, like, why wouldn't he want to see that stuff? Why, sh- you know what I mean? I feel like part of her knows that there's still a risk or she would be fine with him mm-hmm. seeing that stuff. Because when he was younger and she would say, hey, so this is like, when, even when he was questioning Kevin, where are you from? Oh, 1976. What's that about? And he asks about California and Kevin's like, oh, yeah, California comes someday. And then someday there's this president Mm -hmm. or whatever. And he gives these like milestones of like white American history. Mm -hmm. Right. And Rufus accepts them. But now like she even brings up and like this is something that I love that this is kind of like a new genre that she's invented. Butler Mm -hmm. that Butler has invented like Octavia Butler. I think before this moment, there was historical fiction Mm -hmm. and there was sci fi. Right. So sci-fi obviously is, you know, it's, it's you know, imagine the extraordinary, the otherworldly and the supernatural, mm-hmm. right? Which is why time travel falls under that. It's not necessarily supernatural, but it's definitely extraordinary and it's definitely otherworldly, mm-hmm. right? 
And then historical fiction, that the whole point of that is to examine the past dictated specifically by a time and a setting, Mm -hmm. right? So like, they're kind of like opposites of each other almost, because one is about like what has yet to happen and what could happen. And then the other one is about what did happen and how we can reimagine it to be Mm -hmm. different, right? So you're getting like this juxtaposition of these two incredible genres mashed up with each other in this entire book, right? And I feel like that's kind of like almost, you know, symbolic of Dana's experience in Mm -hmm. general, right? It's like a mashing of two worlds together. And um, I really, really love, like, I can't remember where it is. I think it's right around this time, though, when she's talking about, like, her books and stuff and him finding Mm -hmm. them. When she talks about, like, you know, she's like, yeah, you know, he doesn't know this, but I do. I know that, you know, there's a woman who will one day be known as Harriet Tubman Mm -hmm. that is, you know, trying to figure out how to free the people at her, you know, free these people and send them, you know, get them sent up to the north to find the ultimate freedom, right? She's like, I know that, you know, south of here, there's a young man named Frederick Douglass who's going to one day grow up and be one of the greatest abolitionists the world's ever mm-hmm. seen. I know that there's a man to the west of here, or to the south, I think it's to the, either the, I think it was to the west. Mm-hmm. She's like, to the west of here, there's a young man named Nat Turner who's about to be willing to do anything mm-hmm. to free people. And Nat Turner, obviously, one of the, he, he led one of the largest and most bloody slave rebellions, mm-hmm. right, of all time. So, like, there are these people that she references that are like actual historical figures that are still, you know, she said Nat, Nat Turner is biding his time. Yeah. Right. So like these people exist right now. Mm-hmm. Like she's there with those people. She could go see them right now. But like none of them have 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 ascended to their greatness. Yeah. Like they're all still slaves. And like in your head, you're like, how do you reconcile that? Like I grew up. These are like my heroes. These are people that were, you know, like I get that they're slaves. Like obviously they must have had to have been in order to kind of like ascend mm-hmm. to the place where they end up. Right. And to help free people and to, you know, usher in this new age of America. Mm-hmm. But like. You don't think about it like that, right? You don't think like, oh, I could drive down the road in a horse and buggy and fucking see this yeah. person. You know what I mean? So she says all of that. And I'm just like, man, this is so cool. Like, it's really cool how she like kind of butts that up, how she butts up like history and historical fiction mm-hmm. up against sci-fi because like it creates so much more possibility yeah. for her in a situation where she has like no options. And then like later on, something else that was really powerful to me, like I like I, I don't like highlighting books, so I just wrote it down and then I took a picture of it and put it in my same, phone. Same, same, same. And I like to dog ear. It gets me like really nervous. Um, but there's a part where she says, um, once he finally wins that argument, mm-hmm. right? When she he's like, Listen, like you gotta you gotta tear up that map, you gotta tear up the book, you gotta do everything, right? Um, someone's gonna think you're trying to escape, they're not gonna believe anything you say with all these books, let alone that you can read them, whatever. He tells her like it's not safe. So finally she tears up the book, right? And she throws it into the fire mm-hmm. and she brings up that Holocaust uh, comparison mm-hmm. again. And she's like, you know, her thoughts kind of shift to, you know, Nazis burning books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she says, this is the quote, repressive societies always seem to understand the danger of wrong ideas. And that chilled me mm-hmm. to my core because we are fighting in 2021 to teach children the actual truth about America. Mm-hmm repressive societies always seem to understand the danger of wrong ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting too, because she was basically in that moment comparing Rufus to a Nazi, yeah. you know, like whether she meant yeah. it or not, she knew what was coming for Rufus. Yep. Yep. And then how does he end it all? Like he ends it all going, Oh, you know what? You're not going to need that map anyway. Yeah. Because because you're home. Ah! No. Ah! I know. I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. Ah, she's home? She's home? 
She's home. Not She's I. home. This is what I'm saying. The fact that he can even look at her and say, oh, you're mm -hmm. home, that means he does not at all appreciate or understand or honor the idea of a freed slave no matter mm -hmm. what. A free black person is an idea that he cannot get his head around despite having this whole relationship with Dana. Like she's thinking that all this time, all this sacrifice she's making, right? All the crying and the actual literal wounds mm -hmm. that she has, scars that she has on her body are making a difference with this person. And he still basically reduces her to property by saying yep. this is her home. A place where she has no actual room. She has no agency. She has nobody on her side. She's basically a slave. Mm -hmm. She's as good as a slave mm -hmm. there. And he's like, you're home. Yep. Yeah, he did oh, say okay. that. Oh. oh, all right. I see. I see how this is going. I'm looking at the book and I'm like, Dana. Run. Dana, I hope you hear this, man. I hope you're hearing him. I hope you get it. Literally. I hope you're not like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. But she wants to she wants to believe the best. She doesn't mm -hmm. want to be somebody that's just like, oh, I'm going to panic for panic's sake. She's trying to keep her wits about her. Like, I understand how this happens. But man, like being in being 2021, Candace, mm -hmm. I'm just like anxiety. <laughs> all right. So that's all we're going to talk about today. Lots of heavy hitting. Lots of talking. We're going to have to finish the rest of this chapter hopefully the rest in the next episode uh, or in multiple episodes. We'll see. Cause there's a lot to talk about. It's a lot. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely a lot, but Candace, where can all the people of the internet find you? So you guys can find me in a lot of places. Um, you can find me on YouTube, on Instagram, um, and uh, several other locations, actually at Candace, the magnificent, all one word. You can find me on Twitter or discord at that Candace girl. Um, definitely go by YouTube. If you guys want, you can check out my channel. I do, um, ice cream reviews right now. I'm going to be expanding that content to include, um, maybe some book analyses since this has been such a blast, um, and some ukulele videos. Uh, you can also head over to the dungeon Jedi masters podcast, uh, for scattered choices. It's a star Wars five E, uh, themed, uh, dungeons and dragons, tabletop role-playing game that we have turned into, um, more of like a news show, like a news radio show. Um, or you can look up Valor Studios, V-A-L-O-R-E, and find me playing Jem Jameson Freeman um, in their their take on Deadlands. And that's going to be back in 2022. Um, and then I'm also going to be in January 2022 um, in a short, like a shorter series for Dungeons and Dragons. So again, that's through Valor Studios. So please check me out. Yeah, do it. You're wonderful. Everyone's going to love it. Thank you. You're wonderful. But we will catch you all in the next episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider joining the Patreon. You get exclusive episodes every single month, as well as a bunch of fun bonus content. So if you want to check us out there, it's all donation-based, uh, so you can join for as low as $3 a month and get access to a lot of cool stuff, as well as the patron-only Discord, which is a whole lot of fun. So please consider joining. Uh, it helps support the podcast, and you get some cool stuff. Also, if you'd like to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on literally everything. I am everywhere. You can find me anywhere you'd like. So uh, if you want me, 
I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and I think that's it. I have a Tumblr. I don't use it. So maybe not Tumblr, but everything else is free game. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Also, I'm doing writing sprints. So if you are interested in writing or things like that, uh, I've been doing writing sprints every single week on uh, Twitch. I do it sometimes multiple times a week. It kind of just depends on the week. So if you'd like to join that, please consider going to twitch.tv slash bookish. Um, but yeah, once again, thank you, Candace, for joining me. And thank you all for listening. Our theme song was created by Raphael Crux. Our logo was by my little sibling, Sarah. And that's all I've got for you all this week. I'll catch you in the next one. Bye!